Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. I'll give you a little bit of Chronicles of Vern here. I do have a surgery date for my hip, July 7th. Great, great hope washed over me, trust me. Um, and yesterday, one of the guys calls me early. He says, hey, man, you think you could trade shifts with me? Mine was 11 to 8, and his was 9 to 6. I'm like, yeah, I get off a little early, got a little extra time. Um, well, uh, I ended up working until 9.20, watching him go home. <laughs> Enough to say that I was, my leg was just, you know, code red. Pain was at 15. Tightening up my sermon. I left my notes I packed, so <laughs> I got no sleep last night. I went to the store, buy something, left my wallet. You know, it's been fantastic because what happens in those times, I, I just have to let the Holy Spirit operate within me. It's good to see you today. I'm always happy to see you. I'm always happy to be here. Yes. Um, I used to say that this church is on the way to everywhere I go. And uh, so I'm going to try to encourage you a little bit today out of Hebrews, Okay. Hebrews 10, and uh, I like it today because it seems like there's a lot of core people here. People have been here a long time. People are pretty steeped in the Word of God because we've uh, entered into some time of change here at People's Church. So I just wanted to encourage you today with some things that I, that have been on my heart for People's Church, for this community, because that's what we are. Whether we see young Carl once, twice, three times a year or wherever, he's still a part of our community by extension of his family. So we're going to continue to pray for them because I know, I know that people were praying for me through my life, whether it was my parents or people who I knew or knew me. And I know that's had a great impact on my life and it's changed some circumstances for me. Um, Let me pray because I need to. Heavenly Father, help us today, Lord God. Have your Holy Spirit uh, land in this place, Lord God, in each individual heart, Lord, that uh, we can uh, rise up to the assignments that you have placed for us in today's society, in this community, Lord God. Help us to walk into our closet and pray that you might give us revelation and divine inspiration to move forward in the things that you have placed ahead for us to do. We thank you today and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is sometime how I feel about church, right? Not this church in particular, because we're a pretty tight community. Thank God for the women. The women are a very tight community. I'm kind of annoyed with men, because we're not. We're doing better. We're getting better. But we have to understand something of why we're Christians, why we decided to do this, why we got up this morning and got dressed and came here, because of what God's doing, right? The one and others, the community of Christ inside the church. We should be doing a better job, I believe, of one anothering. You know, this society 
has changed, especially in the last few years, how we perceive our gathering together. It was funny how uh, the bars stayed open, but the churches, they wanted closed. The interesting thing is the devil continues to be at work, and we need to learn better about doing community. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us now draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's so much in this. There's so much in this. The book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrews, the Hebrew Christians, the new Christians. All the books in the New Testament basically are an encouragement, letters of encouragement and how we should behave as Christians. But the church, the church, Christ was the church. And he made us each individually the church. We carry the church inside of us. The church is not this building. The church is in my heart. Jesus Christ is responsible for filling these seats. We're responsible for making sure whoever fills that seat is encouraged in the word of God and in the understanding of this community. I grew up in church. So, and I had the great privilege of having a father that was a servant to the church. Deacon's deacon. He's 84 He still goes and mows the lawn, takes care of the yard at the church I grew up in. Faithful. I thank God for him because he made me faithful about the service of this community. This isn't, this is people's church. It's not Mulkey church. And as much as I love pastor, and y'all know I do, we are here for each other. And we are here for those who will come in the future. And what God has put together, let no man tear asunder. I don't claim to know everything about the future of this church, but I know there are amazing, wonderful people here that are pursuing godly lives as best they know how. We need to extend that to others. This is what this community is about, us growing in the Lord and being able to take that growth and push it out into someone else as we get to know each other, as we grow and know each other. It's really hard when you're busy. I know we work. I work a lot. And it's hard to parse out your time. But are we tithing time to God as well as our our increase? Are you giving 2.4 hours to God a day to something? You know, hour and a half in the morning, hour and a half at night, just to settle your mind and your heart, just so you can have more instruction. We will not be able to walk this life without instruction. The Bible is our instruction. And so as we look at this, the whole book of Hebrews really is a recounting. It recounts what went on in the Old Testament leading up to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for our sins. And then it gives us instruction on how to pursue this life. Because during this time, there was a great, it was hard to be a Christian. Way harder than it is today, but still, these people were a new group. They were a small group that the Holy Spirit had infused and brought thousands of them to Christ. Now they're trying to manage this in a very hostile place. A very hostile place. You... If you went with Christ, you probably lost your job. You were kicked out of the synagogue. You were ostracized. 
okay? Kind of sounds like cancel culture, right? So we're still facing some of the same things. Somebody doesn't like what you're doing. What are you going to do about it? And when we talk about really the verses I want to focus on is 24 and 25. And it says, uh, number one, God is faithful. Jesus Christ is faithful to us. Right? If you're a Christian, you believe that. Based on what we watched last week, remember, about where we are in the universe? I felt so special. Seriously. I mean, think about it. Out of billions and billions and billions of things that God created, he created me also. So, based on everything I saw last week, that's telling me something about myself. I am special. I am unique. I am one of a kind. And God loves me. And he created me for a purpose. A purpose. You all have purpose. Don't let the world tell you what your purpose is. Let the word tell you what your purpose is. You know, if I criticize you, you'll probably get mad at me. If I flatter you, you probably won't believe me. If I encourage you, you'll never forget me. Encouragement is such a sweet savor to every single one of us. When I get done preaching, you know, and I don't look for it, but if I go on Facebook and somebody says, great word today, I'm like, yield. Thank you. I like it. It feels good. I ain't going to lie. That's why a lot of us post stuff, because we want somebody to give us good feedback. Right? I remember something, a little bit about me, and this is what one anothering is about. Because sometimes we all live on a spiritual island. We think nobody else will understand us. We think that nobody has gone through what we're going through. And as crazy as it is, in isolation, trust me, it grows. I was miserable. I have been miserable. Miserable. Nothing's worse than constant pain. It's not. And I'm not suffering ridiculous pain as some people I know have. But it's enough to change my perception and somewhat change my religion. I've struggled for it. So I keep it 100 There's nothing that's gone on in my life that I couldn't tell you about because I think it's relevant. As you know, I was born an addicted baby to a drug addict prostitute mother who I stayed with for about four years and had some really bad influences on me during that time. I was adopted into a good Christian family, but I had an older sibling in my life that molested me for probably seven years. I I dealt with that. I had a drug addiction for years, still battle it. You know, before I came here to People's Church, I was strung out on methamphetamine for a few years. So don't think I don't understand. I understand that God still loves me. And those circumstances do not color who I am as a Christian man. But it helps me relate to everybody sitting out here. Because we're all struggling through something on our journey to, to, to find God. To, to finish the race. To get a well done, good and faithful servant. This whole thing here is to help us grow up and mature. And understand what's going on. And it's not what you think you're doing day to day. I don't believe that. Me selling cars is not what's going on. That's what I'm doing for a living. But what's going on is me being able to touch and encourage you in your lives to move forward, that we all grow together and form a really strong chain of godly people who care about each other and care about other people who aren't in our community. We're not recruiting people into our community. We're adopting them into our family. I don't care how big this church is. I care about the people that are here. God grows the church, not some fantastic preacher. You know, I'm here to encourage you to have your own ministry on the daily. 
Because things get away from you. Things get away from us. Um, And it says, let us consider one another. If I had my notes, which I left at home, (laughs) I'd be able to give you that definition. But I'll wing it. I'm really good at considering people. Not patting myself on the back, but I got a chance to sit under a man who was really, really good at considering other people. So I just saw it. The same example that Christ gives us, I got to see in the flesh. Hallelujah. God is so good to me because I needed it. I needed that example to correct some of the bees that were buzzing around in my brain. So when we consider someone, have you ever wanted to be friends with someone and they just never seem to want to be friends with you? What's that all about? I have a lot of friends. I have really good friends. You know why? Because I'm a really good friend. I'm a hard friend, huh, Carl? Because I'm going to tell you about yourself, and I hope you're going to tell me about myself. Because if I see you walking off a cliff, I'm going to say something. I'd rather you hate me for saying the right thing than love me for saying the wrong thing. You know, so I, I'm not up here tooting my own horn. What I'm saying is I used to be a really bad friend. I used to be a flake and a liar and a thief. I was not a good human being, but I thought I was because I wasn't as bad as some people I knew. Come on now. Don't laugh. You know, y'all, y'all be the same way. You know what? Like, you know, I thank God I'm not like that cat over there. Yeah, you're worse. So stop it. But God helped me make a decision to change, to actually be that person who I thought I was. Right? He gave me a change in perception, and he showed me what a terrible human being I was. That's real. That's my experience with the Lord. And he said, what are you going to do about it? And I said, I don't like being that dude. You know? Nothing's worse than being just on the outward looking all great and just being fully disgusting and ashamed inside. It really hampers your ability to live life. You're always plagued with worries, regrets, and you feel helpless against your addictions and the things that plague your mind, the darkness that creeps in on us all the time. Don't tell me you're not experiencing it. Don't tell me you're not experiencing it because it's just the reality of how we're living. But the Lord brings peace to your mind through the form of your obedience because he's going to teach you how to cooperate with life Cooperate with other people. He'll bring you what we call the peace that surpasses all understanding. Where you're so peaceful and chilled out just going, man, I don't even understand why I feel so good. But I'm going to take the win. Okay? When you're feeling good, take the win. Don't start looking at it and turning it over like, okay, something wrong with this here. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that what we do? You know? Lord doesn't do the things that we, we, we do. He doesn't think like we think. He's far bigger and far beyond anything we can actually comprehend. Let's put God where he belongs. Put Jesus where he belongs because Jesus helps us reach God. He became our mediator. I don't need a priest to confess to. I can confess directly to the Lord. You know, I don't need a bunch of ceremonies and things to validate me. I need a relationship with God and you're not going to get it two hours on a Sunday every other week. Not going to happen pastor encouraged me and I remember the encouragement because I was a whiny little punk Christian 
And I came in and I'm crying about my life and how bad things are. And you know what he told me? Hey, man, if you don't show up, I can't help you. That's why I come to church all the time as much as I can. And I'm going to upgrade my serve. I got to get back here on Wednesdays. I got to participate more. It's hard. When I get off work, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to see nobody. My wife's lucky. I love her because she'd be out too. <laughs> I like, it's just nerve wracking. But you know what I've learned? You know what I've been trying to do? And I'm so far off message. But anyway, you know what I'm, I'm learning is to always be considering someone else's circumstance. I'm learning in my misery, it doesn't give me license to stop caring, to stop ministering, to stop loving. I come home from work and my wife's like, and I know she's concerned. I know she's worried about me. I know she knows I'm in pain and, and she just really wants to help me. But it's, baby, I love you, but you can't help me right now. So just sit with me. You ever have a friend that's going through some grievous times? It's just some heartbreaking times. What's the best thing you could do for them sometimes? How many days did Job's friends sit with him? They didn't, have nothing good, you know, they didn't know what to say. And when they did open their mouths, they put their foots in it. But at the end of the day, how comforting it is just to have somebody come and be with you. You know? How comforting is it? And that stuff hits me when I don't want it. I don't want it. I got a call from a friend last Friday after a long day in the morning. And all I want to do is get home and sit down. That's it. That's all I want to do. And I got home. About 1 o'clock in the afternoon, popped off my shoes, sat back in the recliner, boom, pal legs up, remotes in my hand, chilling like a villain, don't touch me. <laughs> Got a call. Hey, brother, I'm stuck. I need some help. Where are you at? Coming to get you. That's not about me. That's what about God taught me through an example of a great Christian man. That's what he taught me. It's not about me and how wonderful I am. I had to learn that stuff because I'm a selfish jerk just like everybody else. You know, I have my times when I don't want to do nothing for you. I don't want to talk to you. You know, that's me. Maybe you're better Christians than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Pray for me. Pray for me. But I love this church. I love what's going on here. And God is giving me renewed vision for what this is going to be. Don't run off. And you, if you know people that ran off, stir them up. You know what that word actually is? Poke them. It's like a, like a prod, like a spur, you know? Carl knows he'd like to get some spurs, in he? Because I love him. And it's okay. We're all at different levels, different levels of maturity, understanding, all that. We're all at different levels. We have to recognize and we have to give grace for that. But also with the grace, we give instruction. I'm excited about the new leadership that we have. I'm excited about the direction that we can go in this church. If we all participate, everything happens the way God laid it out. You don't know everything God knows. Barely a fraction. Barely a fraction. Just know what you're doing. And know what God's doing through. By Elka. I love her. She's so encouraging to me. It's just insane. I love it. I'm greedy for this place. I'm greedy for your love and affection towards me. And you should be the same. This is what this is about, people. This is what this is about. When you meet new people, when new people walk up into this church, they need to feel the spirit of God coming from you. No matter what you're going through, 
you can give of your time, energy, and your spiritual juice. Right? That's what we're called to do. So as I talk to these Christians today, people that have been in the Word, that know the Word, touch each other's lives. Encourage, get to know each other. Get to know how to pray for each other. Little Carl, what's your plans for the future? What are you thinking about? What's going on? That's the conversation he's going to have with his parents, you know, with some mentors. And be able to absorb it. I am stubborn. I'm doing me. If you don't know, now you know. I'm doing me. I've been doing me my whole life. And I tell you what, I got the stars, scars and the knots upside my head to prove it. You hear what I'm saying? Because I love the Lord because he will not let my dumb butt go. He just won't. He loves me. Because, man, I've been, I'm like a marlin trying to get off the line. I'm sailing through the water. Get off me, God. I want to do some things. There's nothing to do. There's nothing out there. I've done it all. Trust me. Trust me. I want to be peaceful. And also, I want to have people love me. I like being loved. Ooh-wee. Love it. Man, next slide there, uh, Brother Mike. In the Christian community, we strengthen one another. All right? Any of you feel strengthened? Don't you be yawning while I'm preaching, girl. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I love you. I know I'm going long. I'm taking liberties today. Nobody's sitting right there going, amen. So I'm going to take some liberties today. Is that okay? Just a couple? Just a small one? Because I love you today. And I love this church. Please hear me. Fix your mind on Jesus. And he will change this. He will make you the more considerate person. He will make you the person that people are calling because they trust and love you and they know that you trust and love them. You understand me today? Seek out the people who God has brought into your circle, into your life. Seek them out. I decided to be a friend of one of my closest friends in life today. I decided to be his friend because he was the nicest doggone dude I ever met. And he was easily taken advantage of by people that I didn't like. So I told myself one day, I'm going to be this dude's friend. And we worked together for many, many, many years. And we're still friends to this day. But I still manage the friendship. He don't call me. He doesn't call me. And one day, I was kind of feeling some kind of way about that. I'm thinking, man, this joker don't call me. You know what? He needs me to call him. He needs my encouragement. Because he, I know, encourages a lot of other people. There are some of us in this life, we're hubs. And we got spokes coming off of us. Right? But there's a lot of people that count on our encouragement. They count on our direction. They count on just saying, hey, Vernon, you preaching today? I'm looking forward to a great word. Thank you, George. He encourages me. You encourage others. Don't be a spoke all your Christian life. Jesus is calling us all to be hubs in somebody's life. Right? Don't be a spoke. It's easier to bend a spoke than a hub. Be a hub for people. Trust God. Nobody else. Trust God to take care of you. And let's be real Christians. Let's strengthen one another. Let's be committed to one another. And and I'm preaching to the choir for the most part. But we have to focus on it or it gets away from us. It just does. It's easy to miss a month of Sundays. Got this going on. Got that going on. Something popped up. I got sick. A month. Think about where your spiritual fuel tank is after that time. My spiritual fuel tank got empty during COVID. It got empty. 
I'm having to resurrect myself. And you know, if you're young, don't ever stop working out. If you're old, good luck getting back in shape. And I say the same thing about your Christian life. Do not stop. I wake up early in the morning. I can listen to a couple hours of sermons before I even, towards 7 o'clock. I'm a bit of a geek that way. But there's so many resources out there, people. There's so much information out there. There's so many things we don't know about what we call ourselves. We call ourselves Christians. We better be knowing what that is about. It's not just for us. It's not just for us. It's for the community of God. So they can see Jesus and change their lives. Okay? There are people in your homes that need to see something different from you. You know? I want to be happier. I'm a pretty serious dude. I want to be happier. And when I started thinking about what we saw last week and the perspective of the planets and time, and I realized those don't mean anything. Time doesn't mean anything because we're eternal beings. So why are we getting so caught up in time? I'm looking forward to heaven, bro. I want 80 years. I'm praying it. God, 80. Done at 80. Because past 80, good Lord, good Lord. It's rough. 60's rough. I don't know about 80. But I'm looking forward to heaven. And if I'm a fool, hey, I gotta, I'm a fool with a hope. Hope is wonderful. When I found out what day I'm having surgery after a year and a half of waiting, hope sprang. Hope sprang because I know relief is coming. So it says, as you see the day approaching, what day is that? The day of Christ's return. Are you going to be ready? Or are you just going to say, hey, are you going to get in with smoke dripping off you? You know, ooh, Lord, ooh, Lord. You know, is that smoke going to be coming off you? But hey, I said, hey, you got in. But that education is going to continue with the Lord. And I want to go in with a smile, not with re- regrets. I don't want Jesus to have to, I only want him to have to, you know, overlook a little bit of sin. I don't want him to have to overlook a mountain of sin. Because that means really, I don't believe him. We're going to continue to have sin in our lives. We're going to continue to have thinking errors. We're going to continue. That's normal. Don't sit around by yourself and let the devil chop your head off. Um, And we persevere with one another. Have you ever had to forgive somebody in your life? Have you ever had to let something go? I let a lot of stuff go, and I'm more better for it. I have high hopes, low expectations, because I know how I am as a human being. A couple final points. Next slide. That's it? Cool. Don't be a grace stealer. Don't set yourself up in sin and try to convince yourself that God's okay with it. Because he's not. Okay? Pursue the goofiness of being boring. I don't even know when Friday night is. So I don't go out to club no more. That used to be the focus of my week. And you know it was about what I was going to wear and back in the day how my hair was going to look. I'm going to consider that, Carl. And I'm going to let it go. Because I'm a Christian. And I'm going to pray for your funky soul. I'm going to end this now. I'm going to land this plane. 
I love you, church. I love you, church. Love somebody else. I see a lot of lonely people out there. Lonely. And some of it's their own fault. Granted. I saw a guy used to come here 20 years ago. You remember Clint? Yeah. I saw him. He came by the dealership, and we just picked up where we left off. I've always liked him. You know, and he's odd. He's silent, quiet, kind of to himself. But we had a great time, great conversation. Get out of your way. Get out of yourself. Find somebody else interesting, more interesting than you, and encourage them. I'll, I'll finish with this. There was one point of encouragement in my life. Um, as you might think, I grew up with some really low self-esteem. Uh, I was skinny and black and didn't know all the people I've been, I've been living with. And in the black community, we do a thing called the dozens. Basically, we talk about each other. We talk about your mama, your shoes, everything. It's just the way it is. But for me, that really hurt me. I thought I was ugly. I did. Seriously, I thought I was just ugly. Probably until I was 18, 19. And this one teacher, when I was in the seventh grade, I don't know if I've told you this, I've told it before, but I was walking down the hallways, a black lady, beautiful black lady, and she was a gym teacher, and she stops, and she gets down on her knees, and she takes my face, and she cups it, and she looks at me, and she says, you have the most beautiful skin. I remember that. I remember her. When I was telling that story, I could still see her face. Feel me? Feel me? I remember that. I'm 59. Okay, so those are what, that's what compliments do for people. And it's real compliments, real encouragement. I love Leonard because Leonard just can't do enough for the Lord. And his heart is fantastic. And I just told Leonard, Leonard, your ministry is amazing. I love you for it because it's something that it's hard for me to do. Funerals and grief, hard for me. Hard for me. But I encourage him in his ministry because it's beautiful. Be encouraged, people, today. Be encouraged. Be thoughtful. Be considerate. And spur each other, just like we do. And come spur each other to move forward. And if you find yourself angry at a Christian friend that's poking you a little bit, explain it to another Christian friend. They're probably going to be on their, that side. You hear what I'm saying? Catch yourself. Catch yourself being stubborn. Catch yourself being ornery. Catch yourself because the Holy Spirit wants you in peace because then you can push that peace out to everyone around you. Thank you, church. I love you. Praise you, God. Thank you so much for giving us your word. Help us digest it, to eat it every day, to make it the most savory meal we can have every morning, every night, so the devil can't visit us in our sleep. We're all in a bonfire. We're all coals that need each other. Because I know that if you take one coal out and set it off to the side, it grows cold and it dies. Let us stay in the fire of community, Lord God. Let us grow with each other. Let, let us fuel each other on for great works in your kingdom. I praise you today and I glorify you as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.